this is basically about the art of bullshit. Who fought tigers in the street while all the policemen ran and hid? I did. Who will fly and have x-ray eyes and be known as the man no bullet can kill? I will. Who can sit and tell lies all night? I might. <laughs> I love that so much. Welcome to What the Hell Story Corner, where we explore some dusty, neglected shelves in the children's section of the library to give you a new perspective on an old classic or maybe introduce you to the favorite kid's story you never knew you always wanted. Okay, so we are talking about Where the Sidewalk Ends, the poems and drawings of Shel Silverstein. I don't think I've really sat and looked at this book since I was in elementary school. Yeah. And some of these I actually remembered almost every word of. Yeah. And some of them were kind of disturbing. <laughs> I know, that's what's so fun about it. <laughs> right? I think that maybe the best thing for us to do with this, I mean, we, we talked a bit last episode about uh shell silverstein and what a what an interesting slash problematic life he led mm -hmm. um and i really i hesitate to even use the word problematic yeah no it just not typical not typical no, not that's typical. the best way to put it and that's you know as the best artists usually are <laughs> right <laughs> right why they're able to see things you know in a different way so i guess the best thing to do here is maybe just like take turns shouting out some things that some poems that stood out to us and maybe talk about why yeah for sure so okay uh, this, so go this, ahead. this is an anthology that has 166 pages in it so yeah. it's a big it, it doesn't look like a very big book and the poems are relatively short, but it's a, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of stuff to go through. And I actually have my childhood copy, Ooh. which is incredible for a lot of reasons. It, not the least of which is I'm pushing 50 here. So <laughs> it's pretty amazing right. that I had this, you know, however long, but um, I never keep anything. So I was genuinely shocked when I found this not, only in my house, it was on my bookcase. And I have no clue how it got there. Like, I, wow. Because when I'm done with the book, I don't need it right back to the library. Like, I don't, I never, never keep books that I buy. They just go right away. And I, I don't, I don't understand that at all. Oh, I do. Cause it's going to sit on a shelf and not get used and somebody else could use it. Anyway. No, so and what what was so funny about having this copy is that it's still dog you and you're gonna hate this librarian, it's still dog-eared from my favorite poems in here. <laughs> and I know, and I know, I know that drives you nuts when people do that. Well, you we all bookmarks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we all have our own little weirdsies. It's okay. <laughs> but this is how I remembered exactly where they were. Well, there you awesome. go. Do you have a favorite you want to start with? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the page that I just opened to, and I would like to point out that I am, uh, I just pulled this off the shelf in the library, and it is 
busted ass in desperate need of repair. So uh, I'll just toss that in the file and I take it back. But um, we talked about, you know, having our own little weirdsies and, you know, what we keep and what we throw away. This poem is called Hector the Collector. Mm-hmm. Hector collected bits of spring, bits of string, collected dolls with broken heads, rusty bells that would not ring. Anyway, um, you, you know, this goes on for a page and a half. And um, with all the things, it's basically a list of all the things that Hector collects. Which is a lot. <laughs> Which is a lot. It's a lot of random things. You could say that Hector is a hoarder. Oh, first, first, first lesson in hoarding. No question. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, look, I'm just going to hearken back to one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm-hmm. As evidenced by the ending of this poem, Hector called to all the people, come and share my treasure trunk. And all the silly, sightless people came and looked and called it junk. <laughs> you know, I feel you, Hector. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm sad for him. <laughs> you just you collect what you need to, pal. But if you can't walk on your floor, then uh, that might be a problem. That's the thing with some of his poems is like, you, there's there, I bet half of them at least are weirdos. Like they're mm-hmm. they're just centered on the weird character, the weird person, yes. the weird situation. There's just something very very odd going on here, and some of them kind of draw you in, so you're feeling some sympathy, and some of them you're like, yeah, no, that's just weird. <laughs> That's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to have to forgive me. I don't know shit about poems. So um, I really, I know that there is structure to all of this stuff. It's just one of my favorites is the same kind of structure that he follows and it's called sick. And it starts off with, (laughs) I cannot go. This one was one of my favorite. I love this one. I cannot go to school today, said little Peggy Ann McKay. I have the measles and the mumps, a gash, a rash, and purple bumps. My mouth is wet. My throat is dry. I'm going blind in my right eye. And it's paragraphs of everything that this kid has. And then he does this. He goes through like this laundry list of whatever topic he's dealing with. It goes on. And it just, just when you think you can't handle any more of this crap, you know, she's, it goes all the way to the end. Um, my brain is shrunk. I cannot hear. There is a hole inside my ear. I have a hangnail and my heart is what? What's that? What's that you say? You say today is Saturday. Goodbye. I'm going out to play. That's right. Oh, magically better. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Fine. It's all good. Fine. I don't have the mumps. I don't have the measles. And the funny thing is, like, yeah. I got, I start, I was reading this book a lot during various times of my childhood, but it was right around that age where you start, you have enough self-actualization to realize that you could leverage your illness for certain mm-hmm. circumstances. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. one of them was, you know, I remember thinking not feeling great. And it's like, I don't care. I'm going outside anyway, but you know, right. but you got right. something to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Works out perfect. So. So uh, here's another one that I I actually found that I remembered almost word for word being the younger sister of two older brothers. It's called For Sale. Yep. <clears throat> yep. That one's on my list too. Yep. I We're a <laughs> really unattractive and pot-bellied brother. Yeah. Is attempting to sell his crying and spying young sister for sale. 
and a very sad long-haired sister is crying on the edge of a plank and oddly enough um i associated this with not my oldest older brother but my second oldest brother <laughs> um and uh yeah i uh i still feel this one deeply um i'm quite certain that he would sell me for either a nickel or a penny mm-hmm. or he would pay someone to take me away um so yeah i i still feel this one very deeply yep 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 it was perfect i remember reading that and thinking could i do that like yeah is that like, a thing it's just it doesn't look hard just a little auction yeah yeah it's fine but, but he couldn't get any takers that's the thing yep yeah that's the problem so sad at the end <laughs> Yep. Yep. So sad. So sad. Yep. So they're like cute, short little ones like that. That one's only what, yep. like 10 lines or so maybe. And yep. then there's one of my other favorites is Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. Would not take the garbage out. Yep. And yep. Got two that one. pages of what is in the, in gar- the garbage. He wouldn't do it. So it just kept piling and piling and piling. And oh my God, like i I remember getting yelled at for not taking the garbage out. I yell at my family all the time. I'm like, how high exactly is this going to get before? Until you can't push it down anymore. No, no, you can't. And it was this whole, it's, it's just hysterical. The, um, God, it filled the can, it covered the floor, it cracked the window and blocked the door with bacon rinds and chicken bones, mm-hmm. drippy ends of ice cream cones. I mean, reading all this and you're just getting more and more grossed out oh i'm i'm fully forming a picture it's disgusting (laughs) it's so funny it's just but it just keeps going on and he's really good at taking just a very simple concept and drilling it into the ground just so gross and you know sarah it is safe to assume was buried alive under the garbage which yeah that is the implication and um gross yeah Considering um, said, the garbage stretched across the state, uh, across the strait from New York to the Golden Gate. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Um, also, uh, not entirely unrelated, I did think of my children's rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is basically about the art of bullshit. I don't remember this one. Who can kick a football from here out to Afghanistan? I can. Who fought tigers in the street while all the policemen ran and hid? I did. Who will fly and have x-ray eyes and be known as the man no bullet can kill? I will. Who can sit and tell lies all night? I might. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. That was another one that I found that I remembered. I love the length of like some of them are much longer and take you you know a few minutes and or at least a, or greater you know and they take you on a full journey. Yeah. Speaking of journeys, go ahead, you go, and then I've got one. No, no, the only other one I wanted to, um, to I mean, I've got like a bunch that I could look at, but I, my only other one that was just my favorite example of just one of his really short, simple ones is called the battle. And it says, would you like to hear of a terrible night when I bravely fought the, no? All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I, I, did, I remember reading that one going, 
That's it. Yeah. All right. Okay. I mean that 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 harkens back to man. He was winding up for some bullshit. And yeah. uh, oh, okay. No, all right. You're not in the mood. You're in the mood for my bullshit. All right. Well. And yeah, everything else gets so long and drawn out. The idea mm-hmm. of a story just getting cut short like that because it's toward the end of the book, so you don't. Yeah. Yep. You don't really yep. see that one coming. So the taking taking you on a journey there was uh there's one called i think it's paul bunyan oh yes that takes you on a full journey that gets kind of dark so uh he's like i don't think much of heaven jumped on his ox and said i'm gonna find out if there are trees in hell and then it talks about how if you hear a really loud if you really, if you hear a really loud sound, it sounds like it's coming from the pits of hell. It's probably Paul Bunyan chopping the devil's tail. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, all right. Damn, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what's so funny is that a lot of the books that we've read in this podcast just kind of deal with heavier topics and um, or maybe deal with serious topics in a kind of funny way or at least and this one you're never really sure it's like is there a moral to this or is it just i i just thought words and put them on a page mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was my first um i the only thing i clearly remember from this book was my mother asking me why I liked it so much because I would pick it up and just read it, you know, at random times. And it was usually if I was feeling cruddy about something and I just wanted a good laugh and she, you know, asked why I liked it. And I literally said, I have no idea. I, I really, everything else in my entire bedroom, I could tell you exactly why I love it, but this one, it's just, it just either it makes me laugh or it just feels good to read it. I could never articulate why I like this. Yeah. Um, I think that there are, I think that there are some things in here that kids get and, you know, and that is, it's funny that, okay. So here, let me read this one to you. And maybe this is a way to articulate it. This one's called forgotten language. Once I spoke the language of the flowers. Once I understood each word the caterpillar said. Once I smiled in secret at the gossip of the starlings. And shared a conversation with the housefly in my bed. Once I heard and answered all the questions of the crickets. And joined the crying of each falling, dying flake of snow. Once I spoke the language of the flowers. How did it go? How did it go? And I think that as a kid, I would have found that trying to articulate something that I couldn't put into words. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, I find it articulating childhood. Um. And I think that this book, just flipping back through it, um, and there are, you know, a couple more poems that 
I've I've found um, a plea for vegetarianism in here. Um, <laughs> there is uh, there's a poem called Ma and God. And, oh, yeah. and how would yeah. yeah you know when you're a kid you know that is where your parents are in your life they control everything and there is not really a separation Mm-mm. you know um and he says you know it ends who's right ma or god <laughs> you know and and i think that you know maybe you kept coming back to it and maybe why kids keep coming back to it is for reasons that they can't articulate, but maybe reasons we're beginning to understand at our advanced age and look back and see this as the wonder and and silliness and imagination of childhood. Yeah. There are just some, there, there are some things that uh, completely defy the laws of physics. (laughs) in these poems yes and there's so much and there's so much fun there's yes. so much fun to think about things that other than the way that there's you're supposed to be at, at a certain age i mean just developmentally kids don't really get well why can't you do that you know and every right. second third fourth grade teacher will be able to tell you that they just question everything and they don't see any limits <laughs> to right. what they, to what they want i think that may be part of the reason yeah why this taps into that so much because it's it's not just a little case of imagination or something or a story wrapped around one idea you know of imagination every single thing is like well what if you could write poems from the inside of a lion's head well what if you did watch so much tv you became a tv set you know it's the thing that a second grader is gonna ask (laughs) right right exactly yeah so I would encourage you, listener, to go out and revisit Where the Sidewalk Ends, the poems and drawings of Shel Silverstein, and see what you find there, because maybe it's more than you remember. Okay, everyone, thanks for joining us on What the Hell Story Corner. Be sure to check your public library for today's book, or you can find purchase links in the show notes. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes where we explore the most interesting works of children's literature today. See you soon.